that very hour, some Pharisees came and said to Jesus, Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. He said to them, Go and tell that fox for me. Listen, I am casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow, and on the third day I finish my work. Yet today, tomorrow, and the next day, I must be on my way, because it is impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones them who are sent to it. How often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you are not willing. See, your house is left to you, and I tell you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. The Gospel of the Lord. Thank you. You may be seated. Micah, did you hear? Did you hear? You'll never believe what Jesus just called him. Isaiah, if I have to hear about this Jesus guy you're always talking about one more time, but it was amazing, Micah. Now, we here at Mount Olivet don't know that their names were Isaiah and Micah, of course, but the Bible tells us that wherever Jesus went, a report rippled out into the surrounding community, and we can safely bet that after events like the ones in today's gospel, towns would be abuzz with conversations like this. So let's listen in. It was amazing, Micah. You should have been there. He was in the town square just now, and some Pharisees told Jesus that Herod wants to kill him, so he needs to keep his mouth shut, and, well, they're right. They're right, Isaiah. Herod kills people in his own family. Do you think he'd treat peasants like us any differently? We've got enough trouble already. Just keep your head down and your mouth shut. You sound exactly like one of the Pharisees, Micah. And do you know what he said to them? He called Herod a fox. How do you like that? A fox! Jesus said that? Out loud? I mean, he's right. Herod is a wily ruler. He raids our nation like a chicken coop. He's concerned with only himself. He cannot be trusted. But Jesus should keep these thoughts to himself. Or better yet, just share them with God. The way I see it, Isaiah... We can either pray and trust that God will do everything for us while we wait quietly, or we can leave God out of the picture and take matters into our own hands. And it sounds like Jesus is doing that. He's not like one of us. No one around here says things like that out loud. Exactly, Micah! No one around here says things like that out loud. They might talk to God in their heads and in their prayers call Herod a fox, but they would never, ever tell their neighbor. No one can find what it takes to share the truth of what they're suffering through out loud. Look at us. We 
work so hard trying to make ourselves inoffensive and small. When the tax collectors come and overcharge us, do we say anything? And when the Roman soldiers mock us when we worship God at the synagogue, do we say anything? We know something's wrong. We know we're not supposed to live like this. Why are we silent? Why can't we tell the truth about what's happening in our lives? Isaiah, you're already forgetting about prayer. That's how we speak the truth, silently, before God. But hearing Jesus call Herod a fox, well, that felt like a prayer too. A sigh of relief went out from the crowd, Micah. You could just feel it. It was so freeing. It was as holy as anything I've ever done in the temple. To hear the truth spoken out loud, that's as close to God as we come in this life. And Jesus, he's the one that spoke it. Well, I hope you enjoyed it, Isaiah, because Herod will find out about this, and his army's going to put an end to it real quick. This is why we need to keep these thoughts to silent prayer. God will take care of us that way. But Micah, that's just the thing. Jesus hasn't been silent, and God sure has been taking care of the people who come to him. Remember old Miriam who hobbled around the town selling wood? She used to be bent over, looking like our hearts feel under Roman rule, and Jesus came, and he laid his hands on her, and he prayed out loud, and now she stands upright with dignity. Seeing her stand tall is like watching someone pray a prayer of praise to God. And the way Jesus talks, it doesn't sound like Herod's going to stop him from continuing his work. Jesus just said, listen, I am casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow, and I must be on my way. So Jesus is saying that he can withstand Herod the fox? Well, what does that make him, the farmer? Well, actually, Jesus called himself something else. W wait, you mean Jesus didn't call himself the farmer? But who else could protect the hens from the fox? Okay, Micah, here's the thing. Jesus actually called himself the mother hen. What? Now I know you must be joking, Isaiah. What a fool this Jesus is. He provokes Herod when he should stay silent. He takes matters into his own hands when he should be praying. And then, instead of calling himself the thing that can stamp the fox out, he calls himself the thing that the fox eats? This is foolishness. I know, Micah. Sometimes it feels that way to me, too. I don't always know what Jesus means, and it scares me sometimes, because you're right. A fox always wins against a hen. And there was all this stuff Jesus said about Jerusalem killing the prophets God sends to us, 
And it made me wonder if he was talking about himself. But there was this other thing he said, too, about finishing his work on the third day. Jesus was talking in a very knowing way then, like he was telling us a joke that we didn't get. At least, not yet. I don't understand it, but it seems like Jesus does. So this is why Jesus excites you? He tells you a joke you don't get? A joke about his own death and the third day after he dies? If that's the joke, maybe you're the punchline, Isaiah. How can you trust someone you don't understand? I don't know, Micah. But somehow, when I'm with him, it makes me feel okay that I don't know everything. Jesus actually makes me think that getting it might not be the most important thing. Then what would be the most important thing, Isaiah? I'm not sure exactly. It's tricky because what's important in the eyes of the rest of the world doesn't seem that important to Jesus. And when the world considers something unimportant, Jesus looks at it and finds value and beauty. Think of old Miriam. How many times did we pass her in the streets without really noticing her? But Jesus came to town, and he saw her right away. He called her a daughter of Abraham and rejoiced in her healing. But then those Pharisees, our religious leaders who we go to with our questions about God, Jesus brushed them right off, like he was unimpressed by their special position in our town. He makes me think that things are not always as they seem, like there's a truth that's deeper than appearance, and a strength that's greater than brute force. And that God's work doesn't just happen all by itself away from us, but maybe it's done in us and through us too. And it's hard and it's confusing and it's difficult to see those things, but when I'm with Jesus, they get a little bit clearer. Isaiah, what are you getting at? I'm saying that maybe the hen is somehow stronger than the fox. The fox may have strong jaws, but the hen is strong in love. All the fox wants to do is kill and devour and make itself bigger, and that doesn't do anything for anyone but the fox. But the hen, she cares for others. She sees her chicks wandering, and she loves them, and so she gathers them all together under her feathers. She wants to protect them, to let them know that they're never alone. And she'd risk her own life before the life of her children. And even if the fox catches her, it can't erase the love she's shown. That's got to be stronger and more praiseworthy than anything a fox does. And I think Jesus might be like that. You know, living under Herod, it feels like we are lost and lonely chicks. But gathered together under the wings of our mother hen Jesus, 
we can break the silence of our suffering and speak our truth. And maybe that's how God's healing begins. And maybe this is why Jesus says that he's got to be on his way, even though he knows his path is dangerous. Maybe it's because he has this vision of us gathered all together. And that vision is so strong that it becomes more important than playing it safe. When I watch him, it looks like everything he does comes from this complete trust that one day God will make this vision come true. Maybe it's got something to do with that third day he was talking about. But Isaiah, what of prayer? It still seems like Jesus is just taking everything into his own hands. Why can't he just pray? And wait for God to act. You know how Jesus mixes the important and the unimportant together? I think he does that with prayer and work, too. I've watched Jesus pray, and he prays for God to work, and for God to work in the world, but also for God to work in him and through him. And I've watched Jesus act, and the way Jesus acts is prayerful, like he understands that God is present every time he shows an act of love or healing or truth-telling. Can you not see that your works of love are a prayer of praise and thanks to God, Micah? Can you not see that when you share your story, it's a prayer of trust and hope in what God is doing? Isaiah, I cannot. Then I will pray for you. I will pray for you with all my heart and soul and voice and action and silence. I will pray for you by speaking the truth. I will pray for you by working love in the world. I will pray for you as I follow Jesus, even though I don't understand him completely. I will pray for you as I trust that one day, Jesus will gather us together under his wings like a loving mother hen. Amen.